now. It's that time Ooh. again. Time oh, yeah. for Pat and Stu right here on The Blaze, but they're, uh, they're still on vacation along with Jeffy. It's weird because they all go on vacation together, like to the same place together. It's, That's very weird. They're a very close-knit group. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, Brad Staggs and Jason Buttrell over here. And then over there at, um, behind the... Um, Hello. Mm-hmm, there's Terry Malinak <laughs> behind the, the podium of grunge. Yes. Um, and I'm looking... Uh, I'm just going to send t- uh, Chuck a real quick test. I'm going to do you a favor, Carrie. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. We've been we'll, frantically searching. Yeah. I'll have, the, I'll have Chuck come in here, and then you can tell him uh, okay. what, what you need. Thanks. Uh, but let me just tell you that uh, this has been a crazy, like, 24-hour news period. <sighs> it's been a crazy... Three months news period. I can't get a breath on any of this. But this is just, I mean, it does, it moves along faster and faster and faster. Stuff that happened yesterday is, is, um, Russia got knocked off the front page by Kathy Griffin and Kofefe. (laughs) It's disgusting. And Fearless Girl and the statue. We got all kinds of things to talk about. Uh, And by the way, while we're doing this, we, uh, we're having some fun on Glenn's show with uh, Define Kofefe. The hashtag Define Kofefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Uh, and, and just if you've got a, a, a definition for it, tweet it, and we'll see if we'll read some of those during the, the program today. But we'll start with Kathy Griffin, <clears throat> not to be confused with Kathy Gif- uh, Griffith, who I don't think exists. Uh, Kathy Griffin decided uh, she's in some project. She decided, in case you've been under a rock, uh, she decided it would be funny, or someone there at the photo shoot decided it would be funny to tweet out a, a photo, release this photo to uh, to, the, to the masses of her holding that. Um, and somebody on Twitter Man. said, you know, for some reason, decapitated heads just aren't funny. And especially when it's, um, when it's Donald Trump. What is uh, the deal with all these I, irrelevant... And we're, I, granted, we're taking this out of context. Because we don't have no... We're taking it, this out of... What is the context? That's my point, is that we don't know what, if it, what it was. And like I said before... If this is the punchline, I'm not sure I want to see the joke. The context of this is all of these has-beens have been doing all this... There was Madonna, there right. was, what, Snoop Dogg, there was somebody else that I can't remember, and now Kathy Griffin. They're all doing it. You know, welcome to the tolerant, you know, liberal left. You it's know, that's, that's what they are. This is how they weird. become relevant, by stuff like this. Yeah. They should really take Katy Perry's advice and just hug Hug it out. Hug Trump. I know. See? Conflicting in, messages there, right? In retrospect, <laughs> that all seems sane now, doesn't it? Which, now, the, the, but what's so bad about that? I mean, there's multiple things bad about this. But, I mean, you're, you're basically, you're recalling images of what we've seen. I mean, ISIS is the, are the, are the, yes. pe- the people it. that, yes. they're the ones that brought this in vogue. That's, you know, yes. I mean, literally, I mean, if, if you're the family of, let's say, you know, James Foley, you know, if you're the Foley of Daniel Mark Saltloff. I was just thinking of Pearl, All of these yeah. people. And now you're looking at this. And if you, God forbid, saw the video, you know, of mm-hmm. your son that this just happened to. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Kathy Griffin, put it in that context. Right. How can you do this? You know what you're recalling there, unless you're an idiot. But yes, you probably well, are an idiot. <laughs> I was going to say, there you go. Well, and, and, and I've worked in and around magic and building magic props for years. And magicians have long, you know, put swords to the neck and, and cut people's heads off. You can't do those tricks anymore Mm-mm. because of the fact that it's real now, that ISIS has done these things, that there are videos of it that are incredibly gruesome. But, n- but now if you're Kathy Griffin, you, you're, if you're one of these comics, you, you can't just do what she actually did right now. I think we have a video of it. But she just comes out mm. and basically goes, oops, my bad. You know, I'm a comic. And yeah, oops. see, that's her right. big, big lie just from mm. the start that 
she's claiming to be a comic because she's never <laughs> been funny. Yes, good point, well, Carrie. And, and we do. We have the uh, we have the video of her apology. Let's let's watch that. Hey everybody, it's me, Kathy Griffin. I sincerely apologize. Oh I'm just yeah. her makeup the looked better in the other. I'm a comic. I cross the line. Yes, I move the line. Then I cross it. I went way too far. The image is too disturbing. I understand how it offends people. It wasn't funny. I get it. I've made a lot of mistakes in my career. I will continue. I asked your forgiveness. Taking down the image. Going to ask the photographer to take down the image. And I beg for your forgiveness. I went too far. I made a mistake and I was wrong. Her uh, career is her mistake. Right, yeah. Her, her career path. Now, a lot of people are wondering, is that a, uh, an authentic apology? Is she sincere? Uh, you, well, look at her eyes. She I, looks terrified to me. Uh, well, she, yeah, I, I, mean, think, yes. I think the Secret Service just got finished knocking on her door. Yeah, she's watching her career die a slow death. But I, uh, to me, it seems like a sincere apology. And I, again, I, Does take, it? I can't believe I'm defending Kathy Griffin. I, I think it's a sincere apology. Um, I think once she stepped back, she realized... You hit me yesterday for defending McCain. I know. I'm not going to let you live this down the entire show today. We're in for two hours of this. I know. <laughs> but when at someone pointed out, look, she rolls her eyes at certain times. But when she rolled her eyes, she rolled her eyes at the line, I moved the line, and she rolled her eyes at the, it wasn't funny. Two, two things that she... I think that, that she, she's taking responsibility for. Did she sound sincere, though? Because I, I didn't... I heard this before I watched it. And just her... The the tone of her voice didn't... The tenor didn't seem like someone... It seemed more like the when I tell my kids, apologize to one another, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and they're still ready to I strangle have, each other. I don't know. I have a hard time believing it. I, I really do. I mean, you know what? I, I saw a tweet from Anderson Cooper. Anderson uh-huh. Cooper was like, for the record, you know, this is horrible and appalling, and, you know, I don't support this. Right. CNN is coming after her because she... What is she, she hosts what? She hosts the, the New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, Eve show with right. Anderson Cooper. So she's getting calls from, from CNN. Right. She's getting calls from who knows other whatever else she's in into and she's also getting a knock on the door of the secret service well, i think right. what you're seeing there is fear, fear. yes it's, it's absolutely possible uh, but it, uh, i asked on the four minute buzz what would you say to kathy uh, kathy griffin what do you think it's it's sincere and one of the guys uh, tweeted richard tweeted uh, we should believe her doesn't it upset us when our apologies are not accepted or believed good point yeah. how do you know what's in her heart i don't know i mean she, it, it just seemed uh, she looks better going backwards than <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, so going off of that, mm-hmm. should we be better than our, you know, the, our friends on the left, mm-hmm. as McCain would probably say, mm-hmm. our friends on the left? Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't want to bring that back up again. Right, yeah, but probably a good idea. Should we be better than that, and should we say, okay, she's apologized, let's move beyond? Because the left probably would not. The, the people that are doing this imagery nowadays, if, if we did something like that, on the right, did something on, I don't know, You know what? Honestly, Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. Would they may, forgive us? I was going to no, say, this may not. follow her oh, forever. Oh, may as, like, follow her. You know, every time Ta-da! Glenn sits down, the it's, first question someone asks him is, do you remember when you called Obama a racist? Right. I mean, you know, this oh, yeah. may follow her. Oh, I, I think it will. I think it will. It'll, it will eventually get to the point where it was just a joke. and Not funny. On, on, they're just, I just... When would that be considered I, a joke? 15, 20 years ago, before any of this other. I can appreciate that a good comic, maybe, good comic will push boundaries and mm-hmm. will, you know, test limits. But this isn't, this isn't anything. There is no boundary for this. This is just no. The you only don't people, do. the only people that would think this is funny is 
ISIS and Al Qaeda. I don't think the that only they would ones think this was funny, funny because they would find this to be mocking their passion, right. the, what they do. I don't think they would find humor in this either because it's a mockery of what they're up to. Although, what do you want to bet? Now that you've said that, what do you want to bet? Now, Saturday Night Live is, is out of production right now. But that's a Saturday Night Live skit. What? Terrorists SNL wouldn't watching. touch that. They would not. Oh, I, I don't they know. Might. I don't didn't, think didn't they, they would. do Terrorist Wives? Or something, something like that. Like that? Yeah, with, with them watching this picture and dissing it. Oh, I can see that being a good SNL skit. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> now, that, now that could be funny. I'm just, but, I'm just, I'm just so, I'm, I'm just so appalled. And, and again, it, these are, this is from people that claim to be the tolerance. They claim to be tolerant. They yep. claim to be the ones that are all heart. You know, they're the ones that care. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's all about love and hugs. And but you get junk like this. Well, I and, mean, and apparently she said in, in the tweets that were there's, that were sent out the. Um, she joked that she and the photographer might have to leave the U.S. as a result of the controversial photo shoot. So you knew what you were doing. Yes, she knew absolutely. she was pushing the back. Yes, absolutely, she knew. She that. knew what she was doing. Uh, wasn't weren't she and her art, the artist joking about? Hold the, on, hold on. When you say that, you have to say artist. Oh, okay. <laughs> because. <laughs> weren't, weren't they joking about <clears throat> the, the conversation that was going to come out of this? Yeah, that they, they, they knew that they were being edgy, uh, that they knew that they were, you know, we'd have to leave for Mexico today because we're not surviving this. <laughs> well, you were right. So it, so, so it proves there was some forethought to this. Yes. There was some actual consideration. Right. I think so, they thought they could make it funny, but it's just... Not. Oh, that, no. and so that's why accepting the apology is so difficult for me. You know, when you, when it's, when you basically admit to saying, look, yeah, we talked about this, we thought it through, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We, we joked so about you, what was in the, the ramifications. So right. This is premeditated. Talk. Yeah, right. it's premeditated. <laughs> premeditated exactly stupidity. <laughs> how would you not predict the backlash, though? How could you not predict that this was I, going to be how this would go I down? think she underestimated, or, or rather overestimated, the support she was going to uh-huh. get from the Never Trumpers. Right. That's what I think happened. Well, and, and did she think that people on the left were going to support her as well in this? I think so. I think she did. Has you any, have I haven't to. seen anyone. I mean, I've seen people arguing over back and forth saying that people were, you know, burning, you know, uh, images of Obama in effigy and hanging him, you know, like mannequins looking but like him. But that's not but, okay either. No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, but, but that, that's, that's their counter to right. this. But, right. like, nobody was supporting that when that right. was happen, happening. Right. Well, and, there the, was, and they also weren't, like... I almost called her an A-list star. It's almost, it's no, not she, like somebody no, like, in no, the no, no, like, like, She's famous for her book, My Life on the D-List, which I think has moved down several notches now. She might be on the Y-list now. Yeah, as in Y. And uh, uh, Carrie, uh, Chuck's behind you, so you can go whisper to him what you need. Oh, to, and awesome. Just, and this is, okay. uh, it's, it's, we're just trying to, we're thinking of Carrie's safety right now. So she's, um, all right, so while she's doing that, let's, um, I think we've beaten up Kathy enough. Uh, oh, but, but, but one more thing. Uh, uh, Squatty Potty has dumped Kathy Griffin as their... Uh, oh, good pun. Yes, thank you. They've, they've Actually, dumped... I, yes, they, <laughs> see what you did there? Yeah, see, <laughs> see I read that, there. too. I read the, said, their official statement. She said, or funny. they said, uh, Squatty Potty did say, uh, you know, look, she's not our spokesperson. She did a commercial for us a few years ago, and that was it. Now, whether or not, I mean, they were just jumping on to, you know... They got some publicity out of it because we just said Squatty Potty. There was the British guy that mm-hmm. did the awesome like. First I never commercial. saw the Kathy one either. I Kathy never did. Griffin. No. Kathy Griffin, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know it's, it's right. So and we okay. So Chuck did bring you the. Yes, uh, so I now, am good to go. I'm at Kathy Jeffy's said, desk yeah. and I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah. And just for extra protection, yeah. we've got <laughs> our disinfecting wipes Dual and uh, right. some extra gloves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're ready. Hermetically seal. 
the entire yes. uh, the entire desk because it's still, you know, we all know what goes on back there. And it's a little I may open the drawer. <laughs> I, but I'm going to wait for a commercial a break. Body <laughs> <laughs> Just a suggestion. Uh, all right, let's talk about the um, uh, the fearless girl, the, the statue. This is hilarious. It really is funny. Okay, so the, the, on Wall Street, there's the bull. And then uh, not too long ago, they put up the fearless girl statue. Who is they? Let's they and that, an that's, that's the, well, no, Negative. no. No, no, I'm kidding. That's just it. The fearless girl was actually funded by what a hedge fund or something? A corporation, yeah, yeah. A corporation, basically on Wall Street. Yeah, so oh, they it's put a up real they. Yeah, it's yeah. an actual they. Right. That's what's so hypocritical about she this. She wanted right. to be a they. So the original bull was by a, 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 a lone artist who put mm-hmm. this bull in. Actually, put it under the Christmas tree. Um, I think near Rockefeller Plaza or a Christmas tree in in New York. New York came in. The city came in and removed the statue. But then the citizens of Manhattan said, no, 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 we like it. So they found a permanent home for it on uh, what they call, I think, Bowling Green right there at, uh, around Wall Street. So then the fearless girl comes in, which is commercialization of, of, this, of, of this art installation, if you will. So another artist has come in <laughs> and installed... Uh, pissing what, Pug. Pissing Pug, yes. <laughs> and I, that is just... <laughs> so that... Um, that's so awesome. That pretty much says it all right there is what it does. That's a, a dog peeing on her leg. It cracks me up. What's the it? old saying? Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> That's uh, Well, it's funny. What always just annoyed me about this was the, this. you had a corporation that was mm-hmm. trying to jump on this, you know, like feminist, feminist hype train mm-hmm. that right. was going on. It was right around when that, was that, Women's March or whatever was going oh, on. Oh, the million dollar or million woman. <laughs> million one, dollar baby. Whatever. <laughs> It was right around then. The, but, when, like, five women showed up to represent millions? R- r- right. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't, if it would have been, like, that, you know, a feminist group or whatever yeah. that would have came out and stuck that there, it would have had a little bit more credibility. But this was a corporation that was literally just trying to jump on that mm-hmm. publicity hype train. That's mm-hmm. all it was. And it worked. And, well, yeah. But and it worked. <laughs> I was more concerned with her safety being right there in front of a charging bull more right? than anything else. I mean, I mean she's can we just talk a little about girl. that? Well, and You're she advocating... was left out in the middle of the winter. Right. right. All the cold coming, doesn't even have a jacket. Mm-hmm. Who's talking? No one's talking about that. Poor little girl. Her safety. And someone yeah. at one point, I think, photoshopped in a, a picture of a stove in front of her. Because oh. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> or a vacuum. No, she should be No, cooking. because she's a oh girl. Yeah, she's a girl. Be cooking. <laughs> I think it was a, somebody else suggested a sink or something. She could be doing the dishes in front of the bowl. Wow. So anyway, they've since removed the pug. Um, oh, the pug's gone? Yeah, the pug's gone. But they left the girl. But the girl still, yeah. She's. I think she's fastened yeah. to the ground, didn't she? So I, I was. I was reading she's some of the anchor. comments from the from the artist that put the pug there, <laughs> and he and he was like, he he was pissed off because he said the girl was basically disrespecting the statue, yes. the bull statue, mm-hmm. because I love that he made. He said, "I made a crappy statue. He made it bad in order to to prove to, the just dog. to yes. He yeah. made a crappy pissing bug. <laughs> he said he didn't do a good job on it on purpose." Yeah, let's see. Uh, he says I'm, I'm, I'm pro-feminism. Yep. But this isn't a statue, referring to the girl. But this isn't a statue made by an artist standing up to Wall Street. It's by a corporation. If they can invade the bull's sacred space, I can invade its sacred space. Well, so who who removed the pug? The artist. The artist that, the, oh, that he put did. the pug in place removed it. Yeah. Well, so why does the city of New York not remove the girl? Because I'm sure that the corporation paid to have that put there. 
That's just so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. I, I, I think now they should just keep on adding statues to it. Pretty soon there's going to be a train of bronze statues going down. That's, that yes. would From be a different, awesome. yeah. a different political statement <laughs> right, going yeah. back all the way. It's, yeah, it's just it's one <laughs> statement after another after another. <laughs> that is pretty. It's three short hours after displaying his creation Monday, Gardega was forced to take it down. Um, yeah, I would have thought that the little, the little dog would have been stolen more, more quickly than anything else. People tried to remove it. Yeah, they were mad. They, a lot of people said that the, um, the do- let's see, the post uh, complained that the statue was mi- misogynistic. Everything is these days. I know, right? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think PETA should get ticked off that they remove the, the statue of the dog. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, PETA. yeah, get on there. I'm telling you, it has been Definitely a crazy, animal. crazy news cycle. Uh, we'll take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the, uh, the tweet that has united the world. Except no one really knows what it means. And everyone knows what it means. We'll be back with more patents due after this. Say hello to my little Kofefe. <laughs> See? That's the beauty of Kofefe. It's whatever you want it's to It's everything name, really. and it anything and, and nothing. Right. So the, if you haven't heard this story, if you've been hiding under that rock again, uh, late last night the president was tweeting and either got lost in Russian code or fell asleep <laughs> I mid-tweet. thought maybe he oh, was stop. talking, like doing the speech he may to have, t- and, and you know how people will have strokes or something, or they. Just, uh, meh, meh. I <laughs> thought maybe meh. he maybe was cafefeing. Actually, it does kind of look Cyrillic. Maybe there was a Cyrillic filter on there, and he just forgot to turn it off. Oh, Absolutely could have been. <laughs> so he he tweets out C O V F E F E. That's what it. And despite the uh, oh, that's, despite the constant <laughs> negative press, that's a Russian Co-fefe. code word. Co-fefe. That's a Russian code word, right I there. I think so. You too. know that's going to be in the dictionary <laughs> so, in like two years. Yeah. Well, no, it's it, already there. What? It's an urban dictionary, I think, oh, already has wow. it out there. I meant the oh, yeah. real dictionary. It'll be, yes, it is now a part of the lexicon. Yep. It's there. So, kofefe could mean any number of things. Uh, we've, uh, the, this morning on the morning, Blaze uh, with Doc Thompson uh, put out the uh, hashtag define kofefe, and everybody has been, I mean, there are some good They're ones. They're brilliant. Who is John Galt? Uh, the first rule of kofefe. <laughs> You don't talk about Kofefe. <laughs> what, what was my one of my favorite ones was it's the uh, twin brother to Kaiser Sose. Yes, <laughs> another great one. Just ask Jeffy uh, uh, Jeffy MRA. I'm pretty sure he has a website dedicated to it. Um, the official person who writes all of uh, President's tweets. Um, let's see. What is it? Someone said they're just going to go into North Korea and just say. Kofefe. Kofefe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Koreans will and know. They'll be running around not knowing. They'll, they'll have teams of code talkers trying to decipher what Kofefe means because, hey, Kofefe. I prefer I, to do the Kofefe. Kofefe. <laughs> I got, you know, two, two points on this. Uh-huh. So, one, I'm, I'm, it's irritating to me that, that we are hanging on every single action and word of this presidency, and we're just waiting to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't get himself into these, in, into these uh, problems he, to begin up, with. It keeps us in business. Yes, it does. <laughs> but it, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, if, if President Obama would have made a typo on a tweet, mm-hmm. would, would it have trended and lit the Internet on fire? Quote, unquote? Well, and here's the funny thing. is they, the, So this thing it was up overnight, 
and it had something like 118,000 retweets, response, whatever. Um, but then they, they deleted it this morning for some reason. It's like you would think of all people that know, and I, who knows if it was the president that deleted it or somebody else that has access to account deleted it. I want to know who those 5,000 plus likes are, what they thought it was. Because how do you like right. something without knowing what the heck it is? Oh, I've done that before. Oh, you really? That? I would have oh, laughed at it and just hit yeah, like, just because like, I was laughing. Yeah, I mean, it's just the... Yeah, I see stuff all the time. So I have no idea what that means, but hey. I tell you what, I'm bad at social media. Yeah, you don't even have a Facebook account. So, I know, so I don't. Okay. I, tell you, okay. I tell you what, though, with, with the amount of tweeting that this president does, if this is the worst we've gotten off of an autocorrect, we are, he's right. doing good. Because I've had That's some pretty true. disastrous autocorrect <gasps> mistakes before. Oh, my goodness. Disastrous. Once I was talking into my texter. Texter? Anyway, <laughs> talking into it. I was, I was texting was Keith, like and it called him a really naughty word and I saw it later and I went oh my gosh I don't even know how it got that one I was oh yeah I had to apologize a lot of us have called Keith really naughty words it's okay well it was not with the intent right uh define Kofefe is cultural appropriation only the oppressed Kekistani people know the meaning no word in English translate to Kofefe I mean, this is, so this is really, it's truly the, 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 uh, the misspelling that has united a country and the world. That's it. Forget the hugging. Forget the faux beheading. Mm-hmm. Just kofefe. But yeah. you know what? But, so kofefe. what's funny, to, what's even funnier, though, is like Trump has, is just, has a complete inability to respond to every time he screws up or a member of his staff mm-hmm. screws up. But he actually followed it up with, and this was by 6 a.m., mm-hmm. he, he tweeted out, who can figure out the true meaning of kofefe? Enjoy. Enjoy. Smartest yeah. way to play it. That's the yes. best way. He, Smartest way to he play He trolled it. everyone that was already making fun of him. If you, you know can't, what I mean? If you can't fix it, feature it. Yeah. Which is a brilliant move uh, because usually he comes out in defense of himself and you know mm-hmm. tries to make other people look stupid. Right. And this, he's embracing it. If, if you're Sean Spicer, look awesome. at this and take notes. Like, yeah. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, take yes. notes. This is all you have to do. Yes. All you really have to do is go, hey, you know, every time he said something, just go, hey, you know, yeah, yeah that was crazy, right? right? Yeah, but this is what he really meant. You know what I mean? Right. Or, you know, that's all you really have to say. You don't have to, you know, go all Melissa McCarthy and get all crazy in there. Right? I would kind of, uh, if I were Spicer, I would probably play it off as, uh, well, we actually can't discuss it. It's of national security, <laughs> you know, something. I mean, just to make it sound official. <laughs> I, I could define coffee, but way. I'd rather drink it. <laughs> That's what one of our, I tell you, we got the smartest viewers out there. Listeners <laughs> yes, and viewers. Witty. All right. Witty viewers. Yes, win, yes, exactly. All right, so let's, since we're on the subject of uh, the president, let's talk about the hotel that bears his name. Um, so, guy had guns. You know more about this? Well, I just know that. So, I read this, and so it was in the. Uh, a, a guy got bussed. He checked into the Trump International Hotel in Washington D.C. Right. Um, checked in, and apparently he. It was somebody saw that he had. A, it looked like an AR-15, or it just said an assault rifle, whatever the heck that means. Right. But it said they saw that in the back of his car, parked, and someone alerted it to it, and they found that he had a Glock 23. I think he mm-hmm. had a. Mm-hmm. That's a nine mil rifle. Is it 23 the nine mil? Glock 20. Uh, I think there's two different ver- uh, variants of it. Okay. A four and something else. All right. And 90 um, rounds of ammunition. Which is not a lot. I mean, they, they, they put that on there like right. 90 rounds. Like he was going to go fight a war. 50 in a box, right? Uh, something like maybe something like that. So, so ma- a couple of boxes. This wasn't even a full two boxes. Right. right. This is not a lot. This is literally what you would take to go to the range yeah. with. 
So yeah. this is not a lot, but I guess I saw this and everyone's freaking out like, oh my gosh, what was he going to do? And maybe, maybe not, but I don't understand why just having a couple of guns, maybe the, he's stupid because well, he didn't he know the gun laws in these threatening like, remarks. Just but just having the weapons in there, I mean, that all of a sudden makes you a, a criminal, you know. A, okay, so what were the, the threatening media. remarks? He was, he was carrying, well, they won't say what the threatening remarks were, but he was carrying a pistol without a license. So, I mean, technically they could charge him, you know. But but in a lot of countries having a pistol in your vehicle is not against the law. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's why you need to check the state laws where you are. I totally agreed. Yeah, totally agreed. And if you can't follow the gun laws and you're just asking to break the Absolutely. law, you know, and go to jail. But I don't know, it's just Yeah, not, maybe, this guy's not maybe smart it was just best. an illegal gun. So it was not actually illegal or a crime to have it. It was just in there illegally like we have illegal immigrants that aren't actually committing a crime they're not actually here right. illegally it's just kind of they're there. just right there maybe i can almost see that that almost makes sense i don't know when i saw this i was just the first thing was like it could have been something bad this could have again had he could have had sure. bad intentions only with 90 rounds of ammunition you're not thinking no. like you're going to do that much damage really i mean that's not a lot for well, the Are they making a big me, deal they, because it was a Trump hotel? I, that's a is good that question. the big deal? And, and, and if they're going to mention threatening remarks, let's, I mean, at least, because that sounds to me like, well, he was making threatening remarks. What and does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. I, that to I me, don't... and they wouldn't say who they're directed at, and not defending the guy, but yeah, uh, by either. the same token... And when if I'm in DC, my car, if you, I make threatening remarks all the time. Can you have a rifle? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? Most of them are aiming at other drivers. Turn. Yeah, I just, some I, of them are Keith. I just, say, I just think that most of these stories, they're like overblown. Like if they have a weapon, you know, like all these like liberal yes. media outlets. Like, yes. oh my gosh, there were guns there. So but what? in DC, can I mean, you have a can you no. have a rifle? Yeah, I don't think so. No, yeah, so that's, it's illegal. that's yeah. But he could have just been stupid. Yeah, it's very, very possible. He, the guy was just stupid. Mm-hmm. Or he was driving from, you know, West Virginia, you know what I mean? He's like, hey. I think this might be one of those stories where we don't have, well, I think it is. We don't have the full story. We don't know because there, you know, so there's a lot of conjecture then. Mm. And Which is knows? why I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, Carrie. You know what I'm giving him? He's Co-fefe. probably a really Co-fefe. good dancer. <laughs> yeah. A healthy dose of Covfefe. That's absolutely right. I think that's... You just, you never know. I just and think, I, I think I, before I, um, you know, I, I just want to make clear that I, I think that he could have been up to something, you know, no good. Right. There could have been some sinister thought motives here. Right. But I think that we are just, the media way overblows firearms in general. And no. so way over, overblows it. And I, I mean, I'm just saying like, I could see myself accidentally driving through a, a state thinking that I had reciprocity in that state mm-hmm. and then getting, yep. you know, getting in yeah. trouble you for You just it. can't I, run higgledy-piggledy headlong into these things. Yeah. First yeah. mention of higgledy-piggledy today. running higgledy-piggledy. I know, yeah. right? Watch your kofefe. Do you run them up? Your kofefe is showing. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> All right, so uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the, the next uh, celebrity who the Democrats are uh, urging to run, and uh, this is in Ohio. Um, I think he has a good shot at winning, oh, which gosh. is really... it's. The, hey, the landscape has changed. Thank you, Mr. Talk President. Talk about higgledy-piggledy. Yeah, we'll take a break. A couple minutes. Be right back. <laughs> Pat and Stu, Jeffy too. But they're not here. We are.
We are back. More patents, too. The flying chair means it's time for a Jerry Springer update. Jerry! 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 Jerry. We don't have the the midget wrestlers. Where'd they... Or like the bald dude standing back ready to restrain someone. Or people fighting over whose kid is whose and whose daddy is what. Right. (laughs) I tell you what we did learn about the Jerry Springer show, and I'll tell you why it's relevant in a second, but one of the crawls across his website, do you have a a ratchet trying to interfere with your relationship and you want to come on the show and tell us about it. And we're like, what's a ratchet? And it turns out a ratchet is like hip-hop slang for like a, 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 a low-class uh, woman. Oh. So you got... Oh. I sound so white when I say that. Like, uh, you know, it's a hip-hop reference to a low-class woman. Does he He's still have his show? Yes. The, he's, really? Uh, he has. Apparently, the Jerry Springer show is still uh, in production. Uh, wow, he looks on 107 there. On what channel? Um, it's syndicated. Uh, so you can still find that on the air. And he has a podcast, too, that I've heard uh, commercials for on the radio. My, that, um, my favorite thing about the Jerry Springer show was not all the shenanigans. It was like after afterwards he would do his what, yeah his little final his thoughts. moral. As if like it hasn't been serious the entire time. It's been this ludicrous thing. And then all of a sudden he's the like, The moral yeah. of the story <laughs> is. Yeah. Deep thoughts. <laughs> Take the paternity test. With Jerry Springer. <laughs> Come well, on. Get this. With that as the backdrop, uh, apparently Democrats are urging him to run for Ohio governor. Uh, influential Democrats in Ohio urging him to uh, run in 2018. Uh, according to a new report, they, the, many have said that the 73-year-old uh, Jerry Springer Show host could be a successful candidate in today's political climate. Business Insider reported, and I happen to be one of them. I think he has a good shot at winning Ohio. This what? is yeah. my favorite. This is, okay, so Ted Strickland, who is a Democrat, uh, Democrat, former Ohio governor, said, I think he has a very strong ability to communicate what I think is the heart of the Democratic message. <laughs> Crazy paternity what? issues? Wow. I mean... Is that, is that wow. the heart of the Democrat message? The heart of the Crazy paternity issues and infidelity, you know. Yes, like. that is the heart yeah. of well, the message. And as Doc pointed out on, on it's the, love. Glenn's program today, this is the same guy who paid uh, uh, for the uh, services of a woman with a check. Jerry Springer? He paid yes. for the services of a ratchet. What? Whoa! Look at you bringing it back home. <laughs> right, nice. Well, he, 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 whatever you want to call her, he wrote her a check at the end of it all. And then had to issue an apology. Uh, I think it was on television or radio. He issued an apology for doing this and, and, creating, and causing this scandal. Wow, he However, was he was so baller. He didn't care about the paper trail. He don't care. <laughs> he he don't care. That's how that's how much of a baller this man is. The honey badger. I, you, you can't. He's care. the honey badger. <laughs> yeah. He don't care. Nope. <laughs> Which is all goes back to I think he has a good shot at winning. I mean, think about the the the, the changed political climate in this country now. Well, it says that other. Other liberals actually see his show as a uh, a liability and not a benefit. So okay. not all Democrats so what? think that he has the heart of the message. Most people, I'll bet you, haven't seen that show. Most okay, people. Okay, even if you haven't seen it, you know what it is. Maybe. And you've seen clips. You can't Maybe. escape. I never watched a show, but I couldn't escape all right, let's, clips let's, of let's, it. Let's go back in time like three years. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is going to run for president. In, You're crazy. Touche. Right. It's like Back to the Future. Is, Who's the president? Yeah. Ronald Reagan. What? what? The actor? The actor, yeah. It, it, but at least Trump was like a businessman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. and the, even founding fathers even said, before you should have, you know, become president, you should have your host. own money. And, and he, he was a television host. host. 
Very true. And but, when people go into a voting booth, a lot of people will just look for, you see, you know, Bob, blah, 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 all these names. You go, oh, <gasps> Jerry Springer. I know that name. Okay. Oop. Totally tangent derail here for a second. That's the whole program. It's okay. Awesome. <laughs> Do you think, I would love to see if Kathy, Kathy Griffin ever mm-hmm. like wanted to be on Celebrity uh, Trump thing. I think she Apprentice. was. Wasn't she on it? Well, yeah, I think she's been okay. on it. I thought so. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Tangent done. Tangent over. Rail back on. <laughs> All right. That was nice. A little detour there. I feel like I get to do that in this space. Yes, you so. do. I'm, a, I'm wondering if ever since the Trump phenomenon, if, if ever, both sides are just reevaluating who can and cannot be president anymore. Absolutely. So, the, so is the left now saying, I, I, you would think that really, someone... Really, Jesse Ventura opened that door, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then Al Franken. Oh, it's Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I remember Al Franken. He didn't, no, he was never really funny, was he? No, same. Stuart Smalley was humorous, I thought. In a weird I way. I was in like junior high, high school. So maybe I was In a weird way. Enough. It's like going back and watching Stripes. I watched, tried to watch that a couple years ago. I was like, why did I ever think this was funny? Mm. I think it's the same way with Al Franken. It's like, wait, wait, wait. wait. You, don't, you don't think Stripes is mm-hmm. funny now? I don't. Wow. Blazing Saddles, hysterical. Stripes, eh. I don't know. It's... Bill Murray is just hysterical regardless. I mean, I can watch anything of his, and it's just funny. Oh, yeah, Lost today. in Translation. Uh, well, but see, that was more serious right. than yeah. anything else. And, yeah, and it's still no one got it. Yeah. I like but that movie, okay. Lost in Translation yeah. or Stripes? I don't, I didn't, I never saw Stripes. Oh, you're not missing much. Okay. Oh, heresy. <laughs> heresy. <laughs> but Man. my point being, you could, I mean, I can see Springer doing this. Stripes, Rance, please tweet your anger at uh, Brad right now. <laughs> at the Blaze Brad. At the Blaze Brad. Show me a funny scene from it. I mean, I watched the whole thing. I'm like, okay, I remember thinking that scene used to be funny. You still think the jerk is funny, though, right? I still think the jerk okay. is funny. You could not do the jerk today, and you couldn't do Blazing nope. Saddles today. <laughs> nope. Yeah, Neither one. And I think both. I mean, Blazing Saddles makes white people look so stupid, and I love it. It is just an incredibly funny movie. Maybe a parting point on this, though, is I, I think that we will see... Oh, that's a, right. We were talking about, about something. something. <laughs> <laughs> but or you derailed us. I, I, Sorry. I think we'll see more people that are actually, like, I don't know, just, like, foundations and in, in culture. Because that's what everyone is now trying to, like, target, you know, member people in the yeah. culture trying to target culture. They'll try to... I mean, I don't know who is urging, and the DNC is urging someone like Jerry Springer as, like, a fixture in culture. But I think we'll see a lot more of that. Like, I would not be surprised if there's, like... I don't know, like a you know Kanye type figure or something like maybe, that. Maybe maybe uh, conservatives should really pull up um, Chuck Woolery or Pat Sajak to to serve because they're both. I don't know that Chuck. Right? They're Woolery, very hip. I don't think <laughs> yeah. Chuck Woolery would want to come anywhere near public office. Okay, uh, but he does a lot of commentary. Oh, I know. I totally agree with you. I just don't think that he would feel. I, I just. I mean, anybody that wants but he'd be to get back in two elected, and two. Has got to have a screw loose. Why would you want to subject yourself to that know. sort of a, a, a body cavity search? Mm. I mean, that is what it is. When you get when you are running or get elected to public office, you better have every little. They, stitch yeah, I don't think that sounds like they'll fun not. At all. Yeah, they'll not digging even, around in what I've done. They'll, they'll, they'll not even dig up stuff in your past, but they'll manufacture uh-huh. like yeah. espionage with yeah. Russian stuff. Right? right? You know, yeah. See. Yeah, Russia. Kofefe. No, Russia. If, if you're a conservative looking to run, I mean, uh, this election, I mean, uh, what we're, the time we're living in right now, this is nothing compared to what it's going to be. Right. I mean, yeah, there's the resistance. There's millions of people, like all these like different super PACs trying to like, they're firing people off of Fox News, you know, stuff like that. 
Um, yeah. And then now, I mean, with the whole Trump thing, which I, there's a take it with a grain of salt because there there definitely is a little smoke with some people surrounding him. Mm-hmm. But pushing this collusion case. I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a tangent. That's something that's not even in the rundown. But that's tomorrow. I'll give you my, uh, my full on that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we haven't seen nothing yet. So, um, just to, to finish, to recap, are you pro Springer for governor? Or? I don't live in Ohio, so I don't really have a dog in the hunt, but it sure would be an interesting race. Want to talk about it? Interesting because of the material you'll get? Oh, yeah. Good okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> politics is never going to be the same again since this last election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is never going to be the same again. And the whole election cycle was a three-ring circus. Yeah, and will continue to be so. Yeah. Can you, um, can you imagine if Biden goes for? I mean, I just I. I oh my gosh, Biden and Springer together. How would be. fun would that be <laughs> on the same ticket? Oh my gosh, Biden Springer. Actually, he did something. Twenty twenty. Biden did something over the weekend that we'll talk about here. Let's take a break and we'll uh, be back with uh, that story and more as Pat and Stu continues here in just a minute or two. Back to Pat and Stu, uh, Define Co Fe. They really mean Toffee Fay. I used to love Toffee Fay. I don't even know what that is. Oh, they're little candies. I just candies saw a that... commercial from Toffee Fay. That's like not a new thing? No, Toffee Fays are like 100 years old. They're older little, than Warhol. Hazelnut in them, I think. And, they, yeah, and then. And, uh, it's a caramel with a hazelnut, mm-hmm. a whole hazelnut. They make mm-hmm. a point of saying that. Yep. A whole hazelnut and then a little bit of chocolate, chocolate on, top. on top of it. Oh, I'm so down Where's for that. Where's Marissa? We need yeah, some Toffee Fay. Toffee Fay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, uh, see, uh, uh, Chicago God Jay uh, said, uh, I'm waiting for Wash- Washpo anonymous source to tell us what this means. That's funny. Define coffee. Over the overinflated ego, belief that you are greater and smarter than you are and have bigger hands than you really do. <laughs> oh. The, oh, and this isn't that the cousin of Cheech and Chong's dog, Fifi? You know, cuz Fifi. Equus Limits 10 uh, sent that one. Uh, All right. So uh, the uh, former vice president, Joe Biden, over the weekend had a big weekend. And uh, he um, officiated at a a same-sex wedding. Uh, Former Democratic National uh, Committee staffer over the weekend. Um, Let's see. It's uh, Chair Henry Munoz III and his husband, Kyle Ferrari. So that's not Vincent that is not Vincent D'Onofrio. It looks on it's a the, spitting uh, image. It does look like Vincent D'Onofrio uh, married. I thought uh, maybe he was solving a crime. It could be. <laughs> or being an alien. I'm just jealous of this guy's hair. I used to have hair like that. I did too, man. Remember Let's that? See, I did too. Boat. Oh, wait. Still I do. still do. <laughs> People rub that in you. Melanie Griffith was there in attendance, uh, in attendance not to be confused with Kathy Griffin who was busy holding right. Trump's severed head. Um, she posted a picture of uh, Melanie Griffith, that is, posted a picture on her Instagram. Um, he Actually, and this is kind of, we went digging, the former vice president officiated his first uh, same-sex marriage last year, marrying two former White House staffers. The Property who Brothers. I swear are the Property Brothers, <laughs> which I think is a little weird that they could get married, but that's... 
Doesn't you can't look, get married if you're brothers. Right, that because that's drawing the line. What do you have to be? You to, cannot to marry your wedding. brother. That would just be wrong, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, there was a woman who married a train station. Oh, there was a woman who married herself recently. Yep, that's it's, true. Um, what is it? W- William Shatner would if he could. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. That's an old Shatner joke. But I, I mean, seriously, they look like the Property Brothers that he married. That was back from uh, 2016. So, what do you have to be to officiate a, a wedding? Just do you have to be a government official, or as like a justice of the peace, or something I, like that? Or? It depends on the state. Like, I actually married my cousin and his wife. I you performed can't the marry ceremony. your cousin. I performed the ceremony, not my cousin, <laughs> my nephew, uh, and his wife. Uh, Married my cousin once. That's a different story. <laughs> but in Colorado, they all once you get the marriage license, you are married. So any any uh, ceremony is just ceremonial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aptly enough. Uh, can I go on a tangent here? Uh, Absolutely. I, why do you not? need this space? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's going to be coherent. Wait, is that the tangent spot? <laughs> this is a tangent this spot. Is, here. I'm going okay. to move All right. Okay. Well, do you need the gloves? I do. Nah. Okay. I'm already. Right. Okay. I'm inoculated. Okay. And this now, is this tangent. is my tangent. So it pisses me off to no end. That the left has made this cool, all right? So same-sex marriage, they're, they're trumpeting it. I mean, this was a DNC staffer here. They knew it was going to be this huge, you know, sure. spectacle and something that they could use. Mm-hmm. Can't you realize that this is what they're doing? They just want to use this because that's what the culture now says is cool. Right. How is, like, the issue from, like, say, the Libertarian Party not the cool thing right now? Why is saying, not saying, look, we think that government should be involved in any marriage whatsoever? It should right. not be involved whatsoever. So take it out. Don't let it be a political issue. Completely take it out. That's my tangent. Well, and again, the the, well done. the the marriage license thing goes back to the government wanting to separate the races. They did not right. want inter uh, you know interracial uh, marriage. Marriage licenses so, say that the marriage is between well, it was man, woman, and state. Really, you had to marry yep. the state too. Yep, you well, were marrying the state. Massachusetts. That's more than just a train station. Woo! Yeah. Telling yeah. you. And why can't you marry a horse? You probably can. I, I mean, guess. who hasn't said that at some point during their life? I want to marry a horse. I have not. I, <laughs> but that's where, I mean, that we are, I know, we could, we could spend hours on what you can, and I think it's the woman who married the train station that really got me. She said she has been having uh, sex in her mind with this train station since she was... I don't know, some weird young age. Um, I just don't even want to try to figure that. Maybe I'm not right for behind Jeffy's spot, because I don't even want to begin to figure that one out. I think Jeffy would already have it figured out. It's it's actually a, um, what is it, objectomorphia, objecta something. There is a condition that people have when they want to, for whatever, have a, a relationship with an inanimate object. The great thing about marrying a train station, you win every argument. Uh, they never fight back. Not much commitment involved there. Right? You know, need- there isn't. They don't care what time you get home. Nope. Can't argue with that. They don't care if you go out with another train station. I mean, think of all the positives. They never talk back. Nothing. It's just nothing. <laughs> It's really? just ridiculous to me, and I, I'm just, I'm just so, I'm just so it's irritated. It's a new world. I'm so irritated that that people trumpet the fact that more government involvement in things like this, like, you know, I can't, I just can't understand like young people today. I had a conversation with my brother not too long ago. It goes to UT. UT's getting dangerously crazy leftist, leftish, mm-hmm. leftist, uh-huh. leftist, and um, but a lot of these issues like there's like oh yeah you know like, yeah government should do this and they should do that and they should do that no they should not how is that cool. 
Right. More government oppression. How is that the cool thing? The you would think it, stay the hell out of our business. That used to be the cool thing. Yeah. Like that was like the rebel thing, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day. Just completely leave me alone. Right. That is not cool anymore. Yeah. Now it's like oppression, oppression, oppression. Cradle but the grave. But they've packaged it into, you know, they they're ridiculing us because we don't ha- we don't care. That's how it's packaged now. And yeah. I just don't understand how that's not that's not obvious to the people that are getting on board with this. It was. I heard someone talking about this the other day that the fact that. Government was designed to move at a very slow pace so that, you know, we could stop problems before they happen, which is what I think during the the, the Clinton years, very little got done. I mean, they'll talk about welfare reform and all of that, but very little got done. Fine with me. I mean, just keep everything. (laughs) Don't stop passing all this legislation. And then, in a lot of in a lot of this legislation, I know that I think we're, are we talking about the Paris Climate Agreement later on in the show? Is that even in here? We can. I don't know, but that sounds like you don't fun. even have to take the tangent spot. We will just talk about well, it. Well, so yes, that, that's coming up uh, next. Uh, I think so. So we'll get to that there. But that's another thing, like legislation that people don't realize. It's uh, right. what the, what sounds like you know caring for the environment. Yep. Sounds good. But mm-hmm. then, what are you getting yourselves into later on down the line? But yep. I don't think we even have time to hit that now. But no, that's we're going preview. to. We can do that next hour. But it is it is crazy how people have let government become so intrusive into every aspect of their lives this without really knowing. That and it's bothers cool me where for some reason. The church happily handed everything over to the government where the church mm-hmm. used to take care of widow, orphan, neighbor, marriage. We handed it to the government. Um, Why? And, and then we as a society just kind of went, yeah, okay, cool. Government. I awesome. just don't understand. Oh, this just in stripes is still not funny. Mm. Maybe he was trying to say go pee-pee. That was uh, what Marianne tweeted as Kofefe. Go pee-pee? You never can tell. Someone tweeted that, actually? (laughs) Back with more patents. Disappointed. After this. Welcome back to Pat and Stu. They're gone. I'm here. Brad Staggs, Jason Buttrell over here, and uh, Carrie Malinak over there behind the, uh, the desk of doom. Uh, this just in, Bitcoin up to $2,300.87. I wish I would have gotten one of those. I'm still thinking about buying one. At 2300 Yeah. I mean, they're what? talking about it going to a million. Yeah, I've heard that. But if you, I mean, you could have bought it just like, what was it, like a couple years ago at 200 Yeah, per or something Stu like that? bought some at yeah. like 235 265 Oh, man. Yeah. If you had bought, was it 10 years, if you bought in 2010 $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, it would be worth something stupid like $35 million today. Wow. So would you cash it in today or would you hold on to it? Hold cash on. in some of it, right? Well, it. if I bought at that price? Yeah. Oh, I would have cashed in half and gotten yeah. 17 million, yeah. Yeah. And then let the other ride. That's dangerous, though, because Bitcoin actually worries me. Because yeah. the more it starts catching on, the more we start going over to that. Like right. they, now they're they're getting so um, popular right now because they can tr- they track all transactions. So every time you pay for something with, it, every time you get it, and every time you pay for something, right. there's a record. So before, I think like countries like Russia, China, they weren't using Bitcoin um, until they instituted this feature. Now they're do- now they're accepting it because it's helping them crack down on, on corruption. But you just think about it. Like every purchase you do, mm-hmm. like. 
oh my gosh, what Jeffy, you know, buys or whatever. You know, you can only imagine. Some things what? we don't want to know. They're right. better left unsaid. But everyone will be able to know. You know, whoever yeah. has the means will yeah. be able to know. It's blackmail material, even if it's, even if it's innocent. You know what I mean? People will be yeah. able to use it that way. Oh, yeah. Well, they already can. They can find out what you're, you use a Kroger card or whatever. Yeah. They, they're going to have that, your list of everything you've ever bought that causes heart disease when yep. you have a heart attack and you have to go into the hospital. Google. Oh, I'm sorry. Google's no, now sure. tracking yeah. uh, purchases. So you're getting offline. tracked. You're getting They're tracked tracking your offline purchases now too. Wow! So that that will be used against you when you're you know for your insurance and yep. all that stuff. Oh yeah! Oh it's absolutely. Like your, absolutely. Your rates will go up because like oh you don't eat healthy mm-hmm. you, do, you know you don't do healthy things. Yeah. But uh. I saved twenty cents at the gas pump. <laughs> uh, Define Kofefe. Danny Estatuti said Kofefe uh, is the code word to activate ice sleeper cells in Texas, California, <laughs> Illinois, Florida, Arizona, New York, and Guam. That's a good one. I like uh, three in Guam at the end. And in Guam. This offer, <laughs> this offer void in Alaska, Texas, and Guam. <laughs> All right, so moving on, let's talk about the, uh, the, the, the Paris uh, Agreement. And we, uh, Jason was getting very passionate about this last hour. I want to talk, we got to talk, this is crazy. Whatever. So uh, in your mind, the Paris Agreement is what? Okay, so I liken it to big conglomerate, like trade Packs like say what the EU has mm-hmm. or what the TPP was going to be, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So on the surface, people look at it and go, "Yeah, it's good that we're cutting back on." You know, we don't want to look like China. You know what I mean? So we don't want we we, we want a little bit of regulation because we don't want it to look like China. Right. But the problem is, look. We've already done the same agreement, I think it was back in 92. Mm-hmm. I think under Clinton, the exact same thing was already signed. So the Paris Climate Agreement is just like more like muscle to that, basically. More like, I don't know, it's basically just a rehash of what we already did in 92. Well, it's done through the UN, too. And it's right? done through the UN. So, so if we, like, let's say it sets standards now. So later on, let's say like, hey, we don't want to put up all the money. We don't want to continue to, to um, do what the UN says we should be doing under this agreement. Right. We can't. It'll be, a, it'll be legally binding. So we literally can't back out of it. Now, do you want it? Let's say Europeans don't want to be slaves to masters in Brussels. Right. If I'm a UK, I don't want to listen to a guy that's in France to, you know, or Germany that says, you know, that determines my destiny. <laughs> exactly. Same thing here. I, I do, we don't want to be slaves of the UN. We, right. If they want to put a carbon tax... You know, I mean, we know that's like the next thing that whatever, like Bernie or whoever, whatever progressive gets in the White House next. We know that's the thing they want to do next. Well, we the might UN not have is a choice. Really good soon. at coming to the U.S. to foot the bill <clears throat> for it all, all too. You oh know, yeah. we, You know, a lot of countries can sign on to something, but it's the U.S. that's oh, yeah. putting the bill. Well, and the bill is like two hundred billion, I think, that we that they want us to put into this. It's, it's it, insane. It, uh, Rand Paul was talking about this. <clears throat> he he was really pressing for the president to. Pull our, pulled our nation out of the Paris Agreement um, because he was saying it's not constitutional and it's looking down the line, it's going to be trillions of dollars in debt on the mm. American people. And a lot of people are like, bro, President Trump can't just pull us out of a treaty. Well, yes, he can. And you want to know why? He wants Blame to. Barry Obama, because he is the mm. one that pushed it through without congressional um, support, without a vote. I he say pushed blame it through. Canada. Well, that's, that's a good scapegoat as well. Yeah, Canada. Uh, well, I, I, we're going to just stop and breathe for a second, and we're going to let Stu explain exactly what the Paris Agreement oh, is. Oh, good. Yeah. Welcome to the wonderful world of Stu. It's time to dive into another sultry edition of the world's sexiest graphs. <laughs> oh, yes. This edition of data porn has been rated 3.141592635. That's right. I'm leading the show with a pie joke. Boom. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, like my physique, graphs and data are not quite as sexy as I'd like them to be. But when a graph can illustrate how completely ridiculous the world has become, I find them quite attractive. We begin in the city of lights. What could be sexier than Paris? The Paris Agreement has been lauded as the latest global warming savior. I said before the world that we needed a strong global agreement to accomplish this goal. An enduring agreement that reduces global carbon pollution and sets the world on a course to a low carbon future. A few hours ago, we succeeded. We came together around the strong agreement the world needed. We met the moment. Environmentalism might not do anything to save the climate, but it sure makes people like themselves a whole lot. <laughs> but what would the Paris Agreement actually accomplish? For that, we go to the most salacious place possible. Warning, it's about to get hot in here. That's right, it's global policy. February 2016, volume 7, issue 1, pages 109 to 118. Oh yeah, you know you want it. It's everyone's favorite peer-reviewed research paper, Impact of Current Climate Proposals. <laughs> As we look at this, it's important to know that we're not questioning the science here. For the sake of argument, we're assuming that everything we've been told about how the climate works is right. I don't want to be called a flat earther or anything. There's nothing sexy about that. So if we do nothing, completely ignore the Paris Agreement, the temperature would increase by over four and a half degrees by the year 2100. This is what we need to stop, or we will all die in a fiery flood of volcanic ice or something. But this isn't going to happen because the Paris Agreement has been agreed to, saving our incredibly sensitive and pathetically weak, unstable planet from 33 gigatons of CO2. That's 33 billion tons. Sure, it will cost a lot to do. And it's sort of ridiculous to think that all the countries involved will actually play by the rules, but let's go ahead and assume it happens anyway. This next line is what happens if the Paris Agreement actually works. As we draw the line, let's listen to Obama's words about the agreement one more time. We came together around the strong agreement the world needed. We met the moment. Today, the American people can be proud because this historic agreement is a tribute to American leadership. So I believe this moment can be a turning point for the world. That's what it looks like to meet the moment in America? This is a turning point for the world? Seriously? By the year 2100, if all the science is right and everything works out, we will have saved 0.05 degrees, lowering our warming exposure from just over 4.5 degrees Celsius to just over 4.5 degrees Celsius. But what about the big promises of stopping global warming? They are based on what the Paris Agreement calls INDCs. Now, NDC stands for Nationally Determined Contributions. In other words, how much so-called pollution will a country contribute? The I, that stands for Intended. So, if 200 different countries do what they say they intend to do, 
we have the, quote, capability of limiting the forecast temperature rise to around 2.7 degrees Celsius by 2100. Capability? Interesting word choice there. In this context, capability means if we do about 100 times more than we're currently promising. The Paris Agreement promises cutting emissions by 33 billion tons. But to get the supposed benefits that they spoon-feed to politicians and the media, you would have to cut not 33 billion, but over 3 trillion tons. Over 90 times what the Paris Agreement actually cuts. That's one sexy graph, is it not? Mm. So to review, Obama's big global solution would save just 0.05 degrees of warming by 2100. They are exaggerating their own success by over 90 times. And there's nothing sexier than exposing a massive, gigantic fraud. What did you think I was going to say? See, I think that's brilliant. And by the so way, awesome. uh, Friday night, 8 o'clock <clears throat> Eastern, uh, The Wonderful World of Stew. Great explanation. And uh, so it's smoke and mirrors. It's a, all, all of it is smoke and mirrors. And then it, it cracked me up. China was actually saying, they were saying, yeah, you know, that Trump, if he pulls out, but we're staying in it. But it's funny because China and then Stu was ta- uh, uh, talking about that. They're not actually obligated right. to do what is in the agreement. So, of course, it's great for them to say, because they're the world's worst when it comes yeah. to the environment, it's great for them to say, hey, yeah, we're still staying in it. Well, yeah, when you're not actually binded to do anything mm-hmm. on it yet. You know, like, wow. it's just so uh, ridiculous. Uh, President Trump refused to join his G7 <clears throat> counterparts in pledging to remain faithful to the Paris Agreement, and he offered his, his, uh, his explanation why on Twitter. He says, I will make my final decision on the Paris Accord next week. Kafefe. Kafefe. <laughs> Which, of course means maybe. <laughs> but it's the whole thing is just it's a money grab from some place to uh, that you follow the money trail on any of these. Honestly, pulling out of the Paris agreement may be the best business. That may be where his business mm-hmm. expertise comes into play. And it would benefit. be the biggest unravel they say of the Obama era climate policies. Look, no nobody wants to kill the planet. I'm not sure we could if we tried. But when you see things that are this over-the-top asinine, I mean, good grief. And it's all about looking at what you're opening yourself up to later on down the line. Right. Like, we we don't need to fall under the umbrella of some UN governing body on certain things. We don't. Like, if we have a problem with our own CO2 emissions and it's starting to make Dallas, Texas cloudy, then we'll take care of it. You know, we don't need someone at the UN to tell us to do it for us. And we don't need someone at the UN writing our laws for us. How is that so difficult to understand? Like, how would you even be interested in getting a part of something like that? Sheeple. There are some sheeple out there. Oh, I like that. Sheeple. Sheeple. I just made it up just now. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. I just made it up. Hashtag sheeple. Let's move on to uh, this. This is a video that uh, was introduced by a, um, a Kuwaiti telecom company called Zane. And it debuted on the, um, uh, basically the beginning of the Muslim holiday, Ramadan. Um, it's an anti-terrorism video that makes, it makes a really powerful statement. I think we have a piece of it here. Let's watch. Nice. 
recreation of the series one. Some of this is, I guess we can talk over it because I can't understand the language myself. Um, He's saying God is creator uh, than those who obey without contemplation. God is greater than those lurking to betray us. God is greater. I think they're, it's Islamic proverbs and that basically, they're singing. Yeah, and basically what it is, it's the aftermath of a terrorist bus bombing. Um, and it features victims of the stage bombing as well as victims of real-life terrorist attacks as well. And what they're trying to do is they're taking it's basically an AB of the of a of worship a your God a with love, with love not terror. Yeah. Be tender in your faith, tender not harsh. The video's terrorist recites Islamic proverbs, but then is corrected by victims in the video who clearly clearly have a different interpretation Confront of your the Islamic saying. Peace, not war. Hmm. Now uh, the question is, and I, it's a uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's a it, it's some good <clears throat> in the world which is good. But does this do anything to deter terrorists at all? And, and, and to be fair, was that the intention or was that simply or, or was the, the intention of this video to say, look, there is a peaceful side to our religion? So you could I think I think there's there's a tendency here to say, look, what this is basically the Muslim version of Katy Perry. Basically, okay. is what this is. They're, they're basically saying, oh, "Yeah, it's okay, guys. You just hug it out. You know, right. I'll give you a hug next time you're looking at right. going and strapping." You on think a so? Test. Because they're using they're <clears throat> using their own holy books, proverbs. They're using what they find in the Quran. They're using Islamic. Pro- I think it's in the Quran. They are using Islamic proverbs um, to try to put forth. I think what Brad was saying, where this our faith is not telling us to be hateful. Our faith. Is telling us to love and that God is greater. And you see those people trying to love that man with the with the uh, suicide vest. Suicide vest. Right. And they're trying to love on him. They're trying to reach out to him, um, not with force. And God is greater. God yeah. is greater than your hate. God is greater than your terror. I, I agree. I completely agree with you. Um, and but the only thing is, is that I just don't. When I say it's similar to Katy Perry, it's just like when they say, "Well, let's just love the terrorists." I mean, that, 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 right. that, but I, but what, what I, I guess, I had my biggest issue with uh, Muslims around the world is that they haven't been active enough in coming out and saying, "Look, we want the, um, this our moderate version to go forward, mm-hmm. and we need to crack down on some of the imams and some of the people that are preaching this hardcore version." The, the, uh, the radicals. Teach. So is it simply propaganda <clears throat> to show the rest of the world that, that, that there are peaceful Muslims? I, well, I don't think so. I, I hope not. I, I hope this is an attempt by the moderates to, st- to, to get more, you know, because we haven't seen, I don't think we've seen anything like this before. So <laughs> no, maybe I, yeah. this is an attempt for them to start doing that, to start coming right. out. I'll believe it when I see it. But I mean, I have a lot of Muslim friends. I, I've got a ton of Muslim friends I, you know, all over the Middle East, and they are great people. They're mm-hmm. awesome people. Mm-hmm. One I almost consider a family member. We call each other brother. Um, he's uh, Ahmed, the guy that I, he's a cameraman of mine when I go to Iraq. And he does not believe in any, he thinks that the radicals and the fundamentalists are just stupid. You know, he's, right. he's, he, he feels sorry for them. But that is the type of Islam that needs to rise up. And they need to be more vocal about um, you know, cracking down on, on the radicals. They just, just need to. Now, the ball is in their court now. You have to take care of it. If they don't, right. then the louder voice now are the radicals. They're going to overtake you. So maybe this is an attempt to start that, but I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. It's, uh, I, I tend to agree with you. I think it is a, it's a start. It's a start. It's certainly not going to convince any 
terrorists not to do their thing. I don't think, but I yeah. don't know. I don't know that that's their point either, right. though. I, yeah. I don't think it's reaching out to try to stop terrorism. I think it's it's reaching out in a different way, and also saying God is greater than what the terrorists are putting forth. And that's a good thing, then, right? I think that's a good thing. Good. All right. Well, then we there's some good in the world, and uh, we'll couple that with something stupid in the world in just a second. Yay! Uh, and a really cool picture of a frog. Crazy. Not a cat video, but a crazy picture. We'll do that after we take a quick break, and we'll be back with more patents too right after this. Welcome back to Pat and Stu. As uh, we define kerfuffle, uh, Elizabeth says, "Really, kerfuffle? Miscorrected <laughs> by word check? Ooh, Could kerfuffle. be. It's another good good word. Kerfuffle, kerfuffle is something you don't hear enough. Yeah, I don't think. And there was another one that uh, what, um, um, that uh, Bill Clinton used to use a lot. What was it? Um, is yeah, is <laughs> it all depends on what's the definition of is is. I can't remember what it was now. Not not um, knucklehead." That's knuckahead. knuckahead. There's My a difference between knucklehead and knuckahead. Remember that. What? Ask Michelle Obama. She knows. Because she was the one who said it. Uh, all right. So we were talking about the terrorism, uh, the anti-terrorism video here just a second ago. Uh, and I said we'd talk about something stupid and have a picture of a frog. Um, the, I know, <laughs> Maybe it's one can, and the same. Things you only hear on the Pat and Sue program. Uh, which, by the way, they'll be back um, not next not week. Not next week. week. After. Yeah. Right, so uh, yep. It's Brad, Jason, and Carrie in for them. Uh, t- this is a teaching resource that's come under fire for advising British kids as young as seven to write a letter to a terrorist to understand their motives. Da, 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 understand their motives. Da, 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 yes, the guide is ta- called Talking About Terrorism. It's ha- aimed at helping students to, to understand the threat of terrorism and attempts to explain the reasons behind terrorist acts. This <laughs> reminds me of the uh, duck and cover back when we were kids. You know, if. if when I, we had a nuclear uh, attack drill, they would go, duck and cover, get under your desk, which, in retrospect, would do nothing at all, nothing whatsoever. It just kept the kids from seeing the bomb and screaming, if you think about it. It reminds me of, like, you, you see, like, test questions nowadays on, and, on you know, on, on high school tests, mm-hmm. on social studies, where they say, where, where they actually blame Western policies for yes. terrorism. Well, aren't they Absolutely. to blame? Give me a break. I mean, that's what this... Do you need this spot? Are you tangenting? No, I'm, I'm okay, close, you're okay. but I'm not, okay. I'm not actually right. there yet. But, I mean, it's like, it reminds... Like, we just had an ISIS attack in the Philippines, for crying out loud. How many foreign wars in the Middle East are the Philippines a part of? But they are gripped with ISIS terrorism, just like we right. are. You know what I mean? Like, that narrative does not fit. Yeah. Right. Philippines is not actively in the Middle East, and they're not killing right. terrorists. But they still have a problem with it. But over here... We're trying to understand their motives based off of our actions. It's just ridiculous. It doesn't, again, when you... I should have went on a, the tangent. Yeah. You oh, well, still I blew it. It's okay. I'll do it later. It's all right. You're not, so you're not worked up enough. <laughs> He's looking close. forward to Spoons, which is coming up here shortly. <laughs> yes. we have, what do we have? The shooters? The, the, the Pudding shots. Pudding shots. Yeah, we'll talk about that in and Spoons. And we're, uh, we're actually doing them as body shots on Jason. No, we're not. Which should be just no, really fascinating. No, we're not. Uh, but back to the... Uh, <laughs> 
Speaking about terrorism, um, that'll keep kids awake at night more than this. Um, it's structured in a question and answer format. Um, it's responding to kids' questions. It's, it's going to help teachers to face the most difficult questions kids ask. Parents will also find it valuable, says the book's description. Um, it teaches that one reason why some people commit mass murder is because they believe they're being treated unfairly and not shown respect. Oh, my gosh. See, that's exactly what that you is. Ready for that tangent yet? No. <laughs> Dang close. But I uh, think I just already made that point. I mean, that's exactly that's our, the entire issue. With it. Yes. No wonder. You, We're trying to assign logic uh, to a situation where there is no logic. And you can't negotiate with people whose starting point is they want to kill you. It is a completely different mindset. You mm -hmm. can't read into the mindset of a terrorist. You can't read into it a Western understanding of life. We have a different understanding of life. Period. I want to know. One of the activities says that they invite kids to um, write this letter to a terrorist. They, if they could ask the terrorist six questions what would they be that is like sean penn when he asked um wasn't it chavez when he asked what do you have dreams <laughs> what, are you, <laughs> what are your dreams what are your hopes yes. um see so, what okay so i'm just uh, what would the questions be um and i'm just going to google it real quick to see kids would ask terrorists so bizarre but there are no uh, uh they didn't give any examples of what those uh questions would be i'm just curious what google says because I've, I've been reading a couple of these articles about how to talk to kids about terrorism um, in preparation for this program. We've talked to our kids about terrorism um, and never once, one? never once have we said, what do you think the motivation is? Right. What do you think motivates these, <laughs> these people? Anything can motivate them. You know what I mean? It's like anything. It's, it, there, there's a lot of different forms of terrorism and anything can motivate them. But, you know... It, a person that, that goes to those links, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's, it's pointless to try to understand because they don't care if you understand them at that point. Right. They, they don't care. And what you're doing with this, and especially in a place like the UK or Europe, where there is tons of refugees in there now that are terrorists that have disguised themselves as refugees, this problem is only going to get worse. And now you're trying to make uh, children and people in general just be, be less on their guard toward this mm -hmm. in the future. Like, if you try to go up to a terrorist that's, that's about to detonate a, a suicide vest, you can't reason with him. No. He doesn't no. care. Like I said, no, he does no. not care if you understand him or, you know, whatever his struggle is. At that point, he doesn't care. He just wants to make you a victim. That's mm -hmm. all you have to know. You need to be a victim so people get terrified. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, moving on to something that makes much more sense in answer to the question, does size matter? Yes, it does. Especially when you're talking about a frog. This is a picture that a guy, this has been, uh, I, this is the Good wildest God. picture of a, uh, is it a bullfrog? It's right? a bullfrog. Monst Monster-sized frog. Uh, according to the uh, South Texas Hunting Association's Facebook page, that is Mark, uh, Marcuse Wrangell. He's the man who captured the giant bullfrog last Wednesday. It was at a fishing pond in Batesville in South Whoa. Texas. What is this? Is this like his hairdo? What is, what's he's I, I dripping off of right too. here? It's kind of bizarre. Seaweed? Just got his hair did, I think. Well, <laughs> the guy, he, did he catch him with a, with a, um, a noose type? What, I don't know what you call that. He must have shot him. He's got the so he rifle shot him there. Or shotgun or whatever. The frog is. ain't talking, let me tell you. That's that is nuts. That is which. That reminds me of a story at the Alamo, but I'm not going to tell you about the squirrels. Um, a spokesman, uh, not as, but you can imagine, uh, spokesman uh, Steve Lightfoot said, it's an optical illusion created by extending the uh, frog toward the camera. It's not as bigly as it appears. 
That ain't no optical illusion. That's, that that's big, a, though. It's is, as big as the guy. Insert he your said, joke Unless here. the guy's three Forward. feet tall, then it's an optical illusion. We'll debate the frog. You stay there. Even a We're coming back with spoons frog. and something Still really, wrong. really good in a second. Don't move an inch. I'm in the safe zone. I don't need yeah. the gloves what, anymore. What did, what did you say? This is the uh, the best episode of Spoons ever? In the ever. history of the Spoons history of episodes. Spoons. This is super exciting. So, you know, uh, Pat and Stu have had Matthew Shelton come wow. and bring food for a Spoons episode. That's Glenn's personal chef. Well, today, so many Sheltons. we got <laughs> Bailey Shelton, who is the... Much better looking. Much mm-hmm. better looking, an amazing uh, makeup artist. Um, and apparently she's amazing in the kitchen. Yes. She's going to make she somebody made a good white son. pudding <laughs> shop. <sighs> you know what I'm saying, and I think you do. She made pudding shots. This is, um, it's a banana pudding shot, but it's, it's vanilla pudding with rum chata and banana slices and anilla now, wafer. rum chata, isn't that some sort of I alcohol? Am, it is. It is. It's a... It's a, a is, cinnamony. I don't even so smell I, the rum chata. I just smell the. That's what she said. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that is so that's good. good. That's really, really good. She said it's, oh, it tastes wow. kind of like soft serve ice cream with the consistency, and she's absolutely mm. right. And this you, can, is, you can feel the tingle of the, uh, of the rum, too. Mm. <laughs> you know? That's what she said. <laughs> I love this. I love mm-hmm. this consistency. It's really good. Um, I think the garnishing of the banana slices and the vanilla wafer is very creative. Wow, this is insanely this, good. This is really, really good. I am so drunk. Well, she said it does not actually have a lot of alcohol in it. I am so drunk. <laughs> this is really. I give this an really 18. Good. I don't know if that's yeah, ever I'm, possible on spoons, but I give this an 18. It almost seems like a custard, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Like something you get at Andy's or something like that? I don't that. see a downside to this. I don't either. This is really, really good. This is, yeah. I gave, really yesterday, tasty. I gave a, what was it, like a two you or three? You gave it a three. I, I gave it a 13. This busts the top of the 18 mm-hmm. marker for me. Like if I could give it more than 18, I would give it more than 18. Is this all You can't, because that's as high as Jeffy can count. Is this all uh, uh, So He's limiting, but okay. Mm-hmm. For Jeffy, I'll give it an 18. Where did you find this recipe? That banana slice was partially frozen, so it had... Oh, I like that. That's good. Some ice crystals in it? A little bit. Really yummy. Really, really good. We need <laughs> We need to have Bailey make shots more often. I was going to say, can, can Bailey just do this every... How do you... How, hey, how again, do you, on spoons. What's the step the up from this? time, we're having... Banana pudding shots. <laughs> there really is no step up from this. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you can get any better. This is really, really good. So whatever oh we do gosh. tomorrow is going to be a step down. Wow. It doesn't matter what this we do. So good. It's not going to be this good. Well, it's so creamy. Is it rude to lick out the thing? Well, no. I, okay. Then I'm done. supposed to, I think. Okay. Well, then I'm going to Can, can we get Bailey to try to one-up this tomorrow? I mean... Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. So Bailey, instead of... Banana, something else. Uh-huh. Mm. Whatever else will fit in this little cup right here. This is so good. I think she makes pickle, pickle and peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> Make these at your next party, for sure. 
pickle and peanut butter. Banana pudding shot. So good. 18. 18. 18. 18. So if you want the recipe for these amazing pudding shots, you can go to Beauty by Bailey. I think she has a Facebook page, That's Twitter, a, Instagram. On the Twitter or on Beauty the Instagram. Beauty by Bailey. Mm-hmm. B-A-I-L-E-Y. B-A-I-L-E-Y. Hey, Jinx. Thanks, Yomi Coke. <laughs> All right. Now, yep. uh, coming up uh, right now, let's, uh, we're going to go to the vault. And this is David, David Barton. David Barton and his Martin son and with Glenn talking Glenn. about the Revolutionary War. Amazing stuff. Very good. We're going to start with Thomas Paine. Okay. We're going to start right here with a manuscript from Thomas Paine, handwritten manuscript, fellow citizens, all the way through Thomas Paine, and (laughs) it goes page after page, (laughs) and there's a couple pages missing in this manuscript, but as you get to the back here, um, it turns into a personal letter to Samuel Adams, and it gets real interesting. So let's back up and tell the story of Thomas Paine and how all these guys came together around this thing right here. Yeah. This is a big piece of history. So this Tom, particular document, yes. this particular document mm-hmm. is the is, is the this capstone. New? Is this Brandon one? got right. this in today. Oh, wow. Careful. Yesterday, <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, this this is a big document, and and this is the capstone to about twenty five years of Thomas Paine in America. This is kind of like the epitaph, if you will. What year is this written? This is uh, this is written. Let's see if I've got it here. I'm going to let you read after, it. before, or after the revolution. All right, I'm going to I'm going to let you uh, read after. after, after, after. Read read what it says right there. Do not turn that over. You're in trouble if you January do. one, eighteen o two or five. Five, eighteen o five. Okay. And see where it is. Federal city. Federal city, Washington D.C. Thomas Jefferson's your president Federal right city. now, so he's in the city. Thomas Jefferson's president, and this is in D.C. So this is getting toward the end of, of Payne's life. So here's, now you can't look at the other side. I'm going to take it back from you because you can see that later. I'm fascinated just by reading the last few lines in there. This this seems very important. Now, the way Thomas Paine springs on the American scene is in 1772, Ben Franklin gets him out of England, brings him to America, sets him up at the printing business with a friend named Robert Aiken. And he actually looks at Ben Franklin like a dad. Yeah, Yeah. he does. I mean, he he really, and... Franklin kind of looks at him as a son because his son, he's close with, but he's he's going to have a bad falling out with, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there, there's this father and son, and Aiken is a printer as well. He is the official printer to the Continental Congress. Okay. He's, and as a matter of fact, you have an Aiken Bible. I do. And that's that's in that right. time frame when Thomas Paine comes to America and gets in the printing business with, with Aiken. It's at the time okay. that Aiken Bible okay. is done. All right. So he, he comes to America. He becomes friend with the other patriots. He supports American independence from Great Britain. He starts hanging out with Ben Franklin, and he hangs out with Benjamin Rush and others, and eventually comes out with Common Sense. This is, this is your copy of Common Sense right this here. This is a later copy. This is, this is another Over copy there. of Common Sense. These were both printed in England. That's an earlier English copy, I believe. This one is from 1792, so this is after the war. And what I love about this is you had to write in uh, words like tyrant yourself. You had to write in some of the things that would make the printer 
subject to libel, treason. That's right. Uh, and so he would. You could not print these things about. You the couldn't king. say the king was a tyrant, right. even though this is a historical piece. <laughs> right. But you could personally the, write the king was a tyrant. And yes. So you could buy this, and where I left it blank, you go ahead and write he's a tyrant. That's right. I'm not printing it. We yeah. all know it. I'm just not going to write it. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's that's common sense. Now, the way this came about, I want to read you a little piece here. Now, so Benjamin, people understand, common sense was written um, before we signed the Declaration of Independence, and it is what brings everyone absolutely. together. And what I love about it is it truly, as you read it, it's like the Declaration of Independence um, to where it's just so rich in common sense. It, it's just... it. It's something that he wrote and says, look, we all know these things are wrong. We mm -hmm. all know these things are wrong. What the king is doing is wrong, and it's common sense. So now what are we going to do about it? And that's what originally brings everybody together and, and pushes out, if you will, the Declaration of Independence, right. gives people yeah. courage. George Washington said it was a spark that lit the revolution. Correct. And that piece, that this piece here that was written, uh, you have about three million Americans alive at that point, living in America. Okay, three million here. Five hundred thousand of them read this book. Now that that's about a sixteen percent penetration. Today, if you a New York Times best-selling book, maybe seventy thousand copies, a hundred thousand. Yeah. You get a million copies. Well, that's a huge bestseller. But there's three hundred thirty million Americans. That's one third of one percent. Is all yeah. that read that book. Right. Back then, we're talking six. That's fifty times more than a massive bestseller yeah. today. So everybody gets that. Everybody reads it. Now, what, what's and, and by the way, this is this is stuff signed by Benjamin Rush. This is one by Ben Franklin that, that Matt has there. We just pulled out documents of the guys involved in the story that's going to happen with Thomas Paine. This is for an indentured servant. No, that's an indenture land indenture. This is this is a land indenture. So this is purchasing land, but okay. they called it indenture. Okay. So this is this is land stuff, and this is Benjamin Rush, and this is vellum, this is animal skin, yep. okay. sheepskin. So I want to read you what Benjamin Rush said. This is in his writing. And reading from Benjamin Rush, he says, When the subject of American independence began to be agitated began to be agitated in conversation, I observed the public mind to be loaded with an immense mass of prejudice and error relative relative to it. At this time I called upon Mr. Payne and suggested to him the propriety of preparing for our citizens a perpetual separation of our country from Great Britain. He seized the idea with avidity and immediately began his furious pamphlet in favor of that measure. He read the sheets to me at my house as he composed them. When he had finished them, I advised him to put them in the hands of Dr. Franklin, Samuel Adams, and the late Judge James Wilson, signer of the Constitution Declaration, assuming him at the, uh, assuring him at the same time that they all held the same opinions that he had defended. A title only was wanted for this pamphlet before it was committed to the press. Mr. Payne proposed calling it Plain Truth. I objected to it and suggested the title of Common Sense. This was instantly adopted, and Common Sense burst from the press in a few days. So the name wow. Common Sense came from, ben Frank, uh, from ben Benjamin, Benjamin Rush, Rush, and he's the guy who said, you need to write this. So that puts Rush in there, and now Franklin's in there, and now Sam Adams is in there. And he doesn't know Sam Adams yet because that's a different state, and he's, out of, he's in Pennsylvania with the Pennsylvania Patriots. So what happens is over the next few years, Payne comes on the scene. He does this. He does the American crisis. He does the rights of man. He gets involved in the French Revolution because he hates tyrants, and so he's involved in the French Revolution side with, with what happens 
uh, and fighting against Louis the Fourteenth and getting him out. And so he's going through all this stuff in America is yay for Thomas Paine. He, he really represents us. When he got with the French Revolution, Americans started saying, not sure about this, mm-hmm. um, because French Revolution was so anti-religious and moved in, in such an anti-religious direction. And, and so, and, and, and reminder, historically, is because the, the only religion of France was a religion imposed by the king. A right. state established so, right. religion. That was used by the king for power. Right. And, so so the ch- yeah, and the church was absolutely corrupt. Right. It only I abusive. Mean, it was, that's right. The church, yeah. the only religion they know was abusive, was corrupt. They had no rights of conscience. Right. They had no freedom. And so, well, if that's what religion is, I don't want it. Which is why the, the Cathedral of Notre Dame is so wildly desecrated mm-hmm. at the time. I mean, it goes evil. That's right. Um, but, uh, but the desecration... I believe, then this may be uh, not be able to be proven in in history, but I believe for the mass amount of people, it was just spit on it because oh, it, it means nothing. It wasn't right. an affront. It didn't start for most people as an affront to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an affront to power. Yeah, it was. that they did not. Well, that's, right. that's what you sure. see even in the Three Musketeers. You know, Richelieu, the cardinal, is exercising all the power of the king, and he's doing all the, the yeah. terrible, atrocious things and taking the land. And so this, what they hated the church as much as they hated the government because yes. it was the same thing. Yes. So what happens is Payne now is the French Revolution, and he comes out in 1794 with this book, which is called The Age of Reason. It's the first time he has really come out with his religious views. And the age of reason is seen as an attack on religion. Now, interestingly, before he did this, he went to his father figure, Ben Franklin, and he says to Ben, I'm thinking about doing a book on my religious views. Here's the manuscript. Tell me what you think. So in 1790, Ben Franklin takes, and one of the last letters Franklin did in his life is to Thomas Paine about his religious views. And Paine up to then has not said anything about religion, and he's defended America. And so here's, here's the, one of the last letters he writes. He, Franklin says, I've read your manuscript with some attention. And he goes through and he says, I, I've looked at it. I've looked at what you're saying. And he goes through and, and he says, uh, I'm going to jump in here. He says, I shall only give you my opinion that though your reasonings are subtle and may prevail with some readers, you will not succeed as to change the general sentiments of mankind on this subject. And the consequence of printing this piece will be a great deal of odium drawn on yourself, mischief to you, and no benefit to others. He that spits in the wind spits in his own face. You're not going to enjoy what's about to happen. If you write these things, if you come out against religion, you will not like what happens. And he goes on and he says... Now, is he saying that because of God, or is he saying that both. because of people? Because of people and mm-hmm. God. Okay. Which, See, which he does get to in just a second. That's later. right. He mm-hmm. explains it a little more okay. detail. Because he, he's saying, you're, you're attacking religion. He said, but think how great a portion of mankind have need of the motives of religion to restrain them from vice and to support their virtue. Yeah. He says, and perhaps you're indebted to her originally, that is to your religion education for the habits of virtue which you now justly value on yourself. He says, I would advise you therefore not to attempt unchaining the tiger, but to burn this piece before it is seen by any other person. So Mm. Franklin says, buddy, what you're doing attacking religion, this is bad. People need religion. He says, part of the letter, he says, if men are so wicked with religion, what would they be if without religion? Right. And I, I like the point that he makes that you, you know, you, you've benefited from this. That's right. This society happened. Yeah. We're not Napoleon. This society happened because 
you and all of us were raised in this religion. That's right. Those religious people gave you the opportunity to be free. That's right. Franklin's interesting also in in this aspect because generally he's recognized today as one of the least religious founding fathers. Well, this document we have from with his signature on it is is one from his him as governor. Well, seeing the the piece that he wrote to Thomas Paine explaining, hey, you shouldn't be attacking Christianity. Well, back up to when he was governor. As now, governor, this is 1787 is when he's, he's governor. 1785 here. All right, 85. There you go. Well, as he's governor, one of the things he, he wants to do, just pragmatically, he says, we need to figure out a way to raise church attendance. We need more people in church. Now, we could argue that Franklin probably wasn't a Christian, so why does he want people going to church? Because as he writes Thomas Paine, we understand the benefit of religion. Now... Not that he's an anti-God guy either, because he's the one of the Constitutional Convention that says we need to ask God for help in the midst of this. Mm-hmm. It was only some of the doctrines of, of maybe Jesus that really he, mm-hmm. he kind of questioned the divinity of Jesus. But, but even the least religious Franklin was not an anti-God guy, as is evidenced even here in, in the letter to Thomas Paine. So what happens is Paine ignores Franklin's advice. And this is four years before the Age of Reason. Four years later, the Age of Reason comes out. When the Age of Reason comes out, really interesting reactions. Um, John Adams says, you're a traitor. You've betrayed everything we fought for in the revolution. We fought for religion. We fought for, for religious freedom and God, and now you're attacking it. Because the, the Age of Reason is seen as an attack on the Bible, attack on revealed religion, so New Testament, Old Testament. So what happens is John Adams comes out says, man, you're on the other side. You have, you've gone to the dark side. And then Sam Adams writes an op-ed says, this guy is attempting to de-Christianize the youth of America. Um, The the president of Congress, the president of the Continental Congress, Elias Budno, that's the guy you didn't recognize. Mm -hmm. He writes this book right here. Just the title, read the title of the book. The Age age of Reason Shown to Be... Go to the top. The Age of Revelation or... The Age of Reason, shown to be an age of infidelity. An entire book by the President of Congress. He's a framer of the Bill of Rights. He's the first attorney admitted to the Supreme Court bar. He is a big figure. And Elias Boudinot does this entire book. So that goes through. And then Thomas Paine, excuse me, Patrick Henry writes an entire book against Thomas Paine as well. So Patrick Henry comes out. And so when Patrick Henry does his book, um, then this book comes out. This book is... An Apology of the Bible by Bishop Watson. And so when that, and it's, it's going, apology means arguing yeah. for the Bible. So an apology for the Bible by Bishop Watson. And this, so what happens is Patrick Henry says, that's exactly what I just wrote. And so he pulls his book down and lets this book go because this is what Patrick Henry said is, is the same mm-hmm. thing I wrote. So that's a book that comes out. Then you have the Jewish folks jump on board. This is, this is, by, uh, oh. this is by David Levy. And so he's defending the Old Testament because Thomas Paine attacked the Jews in the Old Testament. And, and so what you've got is here's the New Testament defense. That's the Old Testament defense. Christians and Jews side by side standing up to Paine's attack. Then you have George Washington. Now, what happens is Thomas Paine, being in France, and they had three revolutions in three years, he helped overthrow Louis XIV, but now the second revolution comes along. And if you were on that side, now you're on the wrong side. So he ends up in the Bastille. And in the Bastille, just in that dungeon, that putrid area, they find out that he knows George Washington. And they tell him, you know what? We love Washington in France. Great guy. If you'll just get us a letter from Washington, you're free to go. We'll let you out of of the Bastille. 
Washington says, no way. He told I'm him not. before he left, I'm not going to lift a finger to help you. I want to do a thing. This is your deal. And, and so when Thomas Paine gets back to America, he eventually gets out of the Bastille. When he gets back to America, he does this book. I love this. Which is his letter to George Washington. And yeah. he just excoriates Washington how for doing nothing. You? Yeah. How he dare you? He says in it, how dare you, out of all of the people, we would have never thought that you would be the one to betray the revolution. He's saying that to George Washington. Because George Washington said, in, in nicer words, you're betraying the revolution by helping the French. It is not the same case. How can you not see that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not the same case. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, all these guys that were with him have now turned on him because he's turned on what they thought they were fighting for. And that, Go ahead. And let me just give you this. In this, the wicked worketh a deceitful work. It's from Proverbs, and that's in the that's on the title. That's the title. Page. That's the, and the title rebuttal page. to pain. Yeah. So all this goes on, and, and by the way, to show you how far this went, it was to the point that when Thomas Paine finally died in America, there was not a single cemetery that would accept his remains. You're kidding. They buried well, him in a cow pasture. But but strategically, also, where were most cemeteries? Next to the church. Churches. Yes. That's right. And there every church said, oh, we're not letting this dude be buried in our cemetery. No, you will find because he'd attacked Christianity. And that was the whole purpose and point of the church to begin with. So we're, no, we're not letting this dude be buried here. So he got buried in a cow pasture.